Welcome to the NPL Sunday Night Show, powered by the Brisbane Football Review. Hosted by Scott Owen. Well, firstly, what a surprise Adam goes through a game at Morton Bay. And Adam Pace. I was gonna say, I was actually gonna say, yep, that's that's pretty much me in a nutshell. Let's let's go have this one. And James Coglin, for once. Look, I'm just happy you guys finally let me onto the Skype call for once. Now I'll just go wait in the corner until I'm called on. Your weekly NPL recap starts now. Do not adjust your sets, everybody. This is the NPL Sunday Night Show, powered by the Brisbane Football Review, but. After what has been probably the biggest weekend of the season, our regular host Scott is uh, waylaid by some sort of voice-affected illness, and the weekday host has been called up off the bench. Hello, everyone. It's James and Adam with you for this Sunday night after match week 22 of the NPL Queensland competition. And Adam, have you caught your breath? I'm <laughs> the week The weekday host is here. What's going on? Uh, yeah, the, yeah. Uh, weekend host, the biggest weekend of the year, and probably the craziest, one of the craziest weekends of the year. And uh, he's, uh, well, at least uh, voice-wise, no, not around. Yeah. How much uh, networking were you guys doing out at Taralba Park last night? Oh, it was uh, it was intense. Uh, yeah, like I said there's some some of the results, and I know we'll get into it in uh, a, a deeper dive shortly. But I'm just amazed that. You know, the, the craziness that happened then. It, it's, it's a shame that I think when the original plan came out, if that was going to be the last the last round of the season, wow, that, that could have been something. Yeah, it could have been something. It was something. And it set up for a frantic uh, run home in the men's competitions and also a pretty impressive final uh, fortnight shaping up across the women's leagues as well. And we will bring you all the action over the next 40 or so minutes as we recap again, just, an absolutely backcrap crazy weekend. I think that is yep. the only way I can describe it. And we may as well get right into the action now. But before I do, go through the usual plugs. Email brisbanefootballreview at gmail.com. Facebook, The Raw Review. Twitter, at BNE Football. Instagram, Brisbane Football Review. And if you want to get in touch with us, feel free to send us a message on one of those platforms. And also a quick plug to stay tuned for our Australia Cup quarterfinals preview, which will be coming out later this week. How did I see do? that's some, I... see that's something you need to leave a host uh, leave leave note for weekend host because he does I don't think he does that so there you go we're already we're already up the thing the stand well, you, you did bring in the I don't want to say professional but um, at the very least the <laughs> experienced host I think we're on now like a hundred and eighty odd shows for the uh, weekday show so we'll get there all right. Now, let's get into the results, and starting with the NPL men's competition, we had six games, a full weekend of action, plus two midweek matches, and uh, we'll start off with the Wednesday fixtures, because I think it's fair to say quite a few members of the football-watching public were a little uh, distracted by the Australia Cup round of 16 ties, which had their own absolutely wild night of action. Yes. And, uh, well, Logan kept their hopes of survival alive with a 2-1 win, over Peninsula Power at AJ Kelly Park. Jacob Fullock with the goal there for uh, Logan. Brenton Fox, a scorer for Penn Power. And we'll just quickly touch on this because it was quite a while ago, Adam. But, uh, you know, Logan, the great escape, it's still on. It's it's amazing that, you know, we, we, we always sort of were thinking, you know, the writing 
writing teams off that are facing you know, you know relegation, and that they've been on the on the precipice for a while, where one loss and, and it, it's all over. And but uh, but like I said, they they somehow some way went to went to AJ Kelly Park and and got three points and have are really playing you know some really good football at the moment. Suddenly, it's almost like it's not a surprise as much. I think as well. I think Peninsula Power sort of you know with with their cup focus at the moment and, and whatnot. That it was a surprise that you know Logan came through and ambushed them, but. Again, you, it's a game that you would probably expect the Peninsula Power to win and probably see Logan relegated on that, but they they will not uh, give in. And I think that's a credit to James Coots' side. Yeah, James Coots, I think, has done a fantastic job just getting this side up for uh, rebounding from the disappointment of their own uh, cup exit in the round of 32. But, you know, we've spoken about this on the uh, weekday show with the A-League, and it does also apply to the NPL as well. Logan definitely did catch Penn Power in what would have been a bad spot for the home side backing up. Was it three, four days after their cup round of 16 win as well? Still probably feeling a little bit good after that as well. And maybe thinking, you know, they have a bit of a margin for error when it comes to securing their own finals place. And, you know, power maybe just weren't quite at the races for that game. And it is an understandable situation you can be in, especially for an NPL side where, they are prioritising the cup, it seems like, and who can really blame them for that? It's just the way that it's uh, broken down at the moment. But for Penn Power, it has made things very, very interesting, and we'll talk about them a little bit more going forward. The other game that took place was out at Underwood Park, where the Raw's A-League side were in action down in Melbourne. The NPL side were at Underwood Park, and Josh DeMarco very, very briefly gave the Raw hope of an upset before two goals from Ante Poliak and also one from uh, Pasquale De Vita. And I think De Vita actually scored the first goal of that match as well, where, um, yeah, it basically uh, gave Gold Coast Knights what they needed to secure a final spot. Yeah, they, it, like, uh, Ante Poliak, uh, I, I received a message from um, a friend of the show that sort of said that Ante Poliak must be, must be the league leader by a long way as far as scoring goals from free kicks. And, I uh, look. I I agree with him. I think that he is probably the best dead ball, um, dead ball specialist in the league at the moment, and he 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 gives that side that extra sort of touch as well. But um, look, Gold Coast Knights, I think they are always confident, uh, and also as well, their their form had been a bit a bit shaky as far as uh, not getting the job done, as far as you know securing false football. So that was probably a relief for them to to get the job done on Wednesday night. Uh, it what would, would have been you know, a tricky tie at Underwood Park, uh, no, but not impossible for them. And uh, yeah, they get the three points and secure their finals um, football. And if my maths is correct, that is 15 goals for Poliak across his stints with power and Knights across the uh, season. And I think uh, the message that we got maybe right where he could be closing in on 10 of those 15 have Mm. been from a dead ball situation. So, you know, first of all, kudos to power for uh, bringing him into the competition this year and kudos to Knights for also managing to uh, pick him up in the mid season transfer window. And he, and he's going to be, he's going to be vital for, for, uh, nights in the finals because it is it is those opportunities those moments in in a game that you know that generally decide you know semi-finals and grand finals and if like I said that 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 be a warning to the other three three sides in the final series you know do not give up cheap fouls around the area because Ante Pollock will make you pay yeah, or at least or, could do 
well, all I think back uh, to is the 2019 grand final mm. and uh, Oscar Dillon, where yep. he sealed that game for Knights with what was a phenomenal free kick. And, you know, if Knights do find a way to um, get themselves in position in one of those crunch final ga- uh, finals games where we know the margins are so thin, then that's the sort of uh, player that can break a game open from a dead ball spot. And let's not forget 2000 and I think it's 17 or 18, Dylan Wenzel Halls. 17. Something. 17, that's on, right. Yeah. On, I, yeah. Um, Jesus, we were getting on and got a bit out. I can't believe that. I can't believe it's five years ago that that, yeah. that, that winner. But uh, yeah, look, uh, yeah, as I said, opportunities are, are made for those moments. And they're the players that will that will step up and hurt you in, um, in a knockout situation like what we're going to have the final series kicking off in two weeks. Yeah, and uh, speaking of that 2017 uh, grand final as well, I'm pretty sure during the dead period of um, April, May 2020, we may have done a bit of a retrospective show on uh, that grand final as well, which you can find in our podcast archives as well. Scott, take that, another plug as well for some of our old shows. (laughs) But um, yeah, that was a really, that's the sort of moment that, you know, you could see Poliak having in a few weeks when the semifinals and grand final take place. Now, let's move on to what I think is still far and away the best regular season concept in all of sports, and that is simultaneous kickoffs on the final round of action. Now, yes, we know there are still four catch-up matches still to be played, just humorous for the next little while, because as you said in the introduction, Adam, if this was the final day of the season, it would have been amazing because you still had uh, races for the top four uh, alive. You've got the relegation battle still alive. We won't go down that rabbit hole tonight because, mm. well, quite frankly, we've, we've said enough about that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but five of the six games were kicking off at 6 p.m. Saturday night. We had Lions against Logan Lightning. Logan won that one 3-1 with goals from Nilsans, Jacob Fullick, and Patrick Strauss. Pengeli, the goal scorer for uh, that one. Gold Coast Knights, Morton Bay. Uh, Rio Ono with a brace uh, for Morton Bay down to Croatian Sports Centre. The game I was commentating on, Coplick Family Sports Club, Gold Coast United against East, 3-2, back and forth. It took a while to get going, but boy, when it mm. did, that got really, really fun. Um, and then Capalaba uh, made their NPL bow with a 2-2 draw at home to uh, Penn Power. Tim Jackson, Dylan Newcomb. Uh, Malachi loves Samira and an own goal on the score sheet there. And then finally, the last simultaneous game, and we will go through these in a bit more detail. I'm just getting the score reading out of the way before uh, you get that confused look off your face, Adam. (laughs) uh, Sunshine Coast Wanderers went to Goodwin Park and ran riot through a changed-up Olympic side. Kyan Bryan, two goals. Riley Campbell and Harry Sutherland on the score sheet there. Um, Let's start off with what I think was arguably the most important match of the night, and that was what was taking place at Copley Family Sports Park with Gold Coast United taking on East 3-2. Shane Smeltz, Riley Thompson-King and Jared Cole for the hosts. Kai Fechner and Godfrey Debelay, the scorers for the visitors. And there were some just phenomenal goals and some excellent saves in this match. Yeah, no, it's it's funny. I actually I actually commented to uh, Scott. We were obviously communicating when I was at Taralba Park uh, last night, and I even said, you know, you know, James is calling probably one of those crazier craziest games. That one, it took a while to get going, as you said, but well, when it when it lit up, it lit up 
you know, beautifully. And look, Gold Coast United, we actually sort of, you know, thought after, you know, after loss last week that their, their, their uh, finals, their finals fate is sort of over. And we thought, oh, maybe this game might fizzle out. You know, East will get what they need to do to, to you know, to get to safety, to relative safety as far as, um, you know, MPL next season. Uh, this this game sort of all of a sudden it's it's actually ignited the uh, finals race and that sets up a massive game on uh, I believe it's Tuesday or Wednesday night Wednesday. midweek Wednesday night between Peninsula Power and Gold Coast United at Coplex which is going to be a very very tricky trip for Peninsula Power with also as well uh, their Australia Cup you know, quarter final tie on the horizon next Sunday so if, if a win there for for Gold Coast United on Wednesday night and all of a sudden. Uh, they they welcome Sunshine Coast Wanderers next next Saturday, which could be and you know which could actually see uh, Gold Coast United uh, get over the top of potential power and make the final four. Yeah, and that would be just a phenomenal effort as well. We mentioned uh, when we were talking about Logan, what is the great escape essentially needing to go perfect over the final three or four games to get themselves home, but for Gold Coast United. To sneak into the top four, they not only need to be perfect, but they also need other results to go their way. And thus far, the results are going their way. And Destiny now is in their own hands over their final two catch-up matches as well. And I'll, I'll be completely honest. like The version of Gold Coast United we've seen at times earlier in the season, I think they would have drawn or possibly even lost that game. But... You know, whether it was the leadership they've got, um, the veteran leadership, Shane Smeltz, uh, Paul O'Brien, Justin Mackay, uh, Blake Thompson, etc. Those guys seemed like they just went to another level when they needed them to. And you look at the timing of the goals as well. So Kai Fechner scored the equaliser in the 59th minute. And then 10 minutes later, or just over 10 minutes later, it's Riley Thompson-King um, from close range making it 2-1. Debelay scored an equaliser in the 80th minute. And again, you've seen this not like with many a teams before across every single level of football, whether it's, you know, FQPL 5 all the way up to the Premier League where you give up that late equaliser late in the season and bang, straight down the other end of the pitch and Jared Kyle got on the end of Shane Smelt's cross, who, by the way, for forty, he is just insane. Yeah. That, that was actually the point I was I was busting the make on that is that you know, Shane Smelt. So what an ornament to the to this competition he is. You know, no matter what happens with Gold Coast United, it won't be by his lack of trying. And you're right, he's the the ageless one. He is still a force in in this league. And like like he was an amazing player. You know, he's one of the best players that in the A League as far as you know forwards go. Um, and look, he, he's continuing his legacy in in the MPL. And look. Gold Coast United, you know, they, they're a much better team with him. Yeah, without a doubt. And, you know, he's just that sort of player that he can go quiet for an hour and then just go, oh, that's right, I'm the best player on the pitch. At least I think I am the best player on the pitch. And then he will pop up and score. And he will break a game open like he did in the derby two yep. weeks ago. Yep. And, yeah. Now, before we move on from Gold Coast United, I do also want to, uh, mentioned some of you, if you watched this game, would have seen it on the broadcast. Um, there was a special in, uh, moment going on before kickoff as well, where Gold Coast United, uh, working with the Make a Wish Foundation, made mm. a wish come true with six year old Blaze. That was uh, a lot of fun combining football and the Power Rangers, the Red Ranger, who um, 
that's apparently what Michael Flake's been doing in his uh, post-footballing <laughs> career. <laughs> Good uh, no, another busy. another another legend of you know, this state football, Michael Thwaite. <laughs> but I will say, like, I know it, uh, we're not going to mention performer of the week until the very end, but I will say that definitely deserves an honourable mention yeah. for uh, what they did there with Blaze. So well done to Gold Coast United for that. And if you want to find <laughs> out more, more information on that, uh, check out the Gold Coast United social media channels as well because they've got a, a little write-up there through Make-A-Wish. Now... Let's move on to the other game that uh, was really relevant for the final makeup at the top four, and that was out at Max Haynes Field uh, between Capalaba and Peninsula Power. And you know what? We've seen many a team go out to Capalaba, even when they haven't been their most competitive and struggle, and it was absolutely no different for Power uh, here. 2-2 draw, an 86th-minute equaliser from Dylan Newcomb as well. And admittedly, I was only partly watching this on a second screen in the commentary booth um, at Double Take Sports at Cooparoo, but boy, he kind of got the feeling it was coming. Well, there was going to be another goal in that game. Power had their chances, but could not put Kapalabar away. And, you know, again, another honourable mention for Kapalabar, doing their bit to make sure the end of the season will go right down to the wire. And uh, we said it uh, before, I think previous shows as well, is that the most dangerous side sometimes is the side that's got nothing else to play for but pride. And uh, look, in a way, I'm 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 heartened to see that you know if that's if that's the final th- act that you know Kapalbar do in this league before they go down to FQPL next season. You know, I'm I'm glad that they went out and at least you know didn't roll over for Peninsula Power. I think they held up there in the bargain. I think you know that 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 group needs to be at least congratulated for that. They've had a, a very very tough season i get that you know no that only you know they didn't they actually didn't win a game this season but still you know at least at least you know they went down they went down fine rather than you know just rolling over and letting peninsula power win that six nil which unfortunately i think you know a few a few up that way may have thought was was going to happen that you know peninsula power were going to roll on max haynes field and basically have a training session well let's not forget as well like uh, when they met in late May, I want to say the 21st, until Matty Carr got sent off for Kapalabar, mm. um, the Bulldogs were giving power a right royal run in that game on, yeah. Uh, it was up a Caboolture in the rain. And uh, yeah, for, for 40 minutes, Kapalabar had control of that game. And then it was just a case of, you know, a couple of quick goals. The Sam Cronin, I believe, might have been the been the circuit breaker for them, and then they just ran away in the second half. But uh, look, Kapala voice said they were a different, they were a different animal at home. Now I know, obviously, there was sort of you know the way that you know, Max Haynes plays, you know the, the conditions that it is in. The but, fog rolling over late in the second half. Yeah, but again, um, look at the end of the day, it's still a square, a, a rectangular pitch, and you still got to get the job done. And look, uh, potential power. I think they'll be ruining. They'll be ruining this sort of chance as far as they could have wrapped it up and you know made this this trip on Wednesday night you know, pretty meaningless. But now it's it's all to play for. Yeah, and you know that may be the sort of pressure the power wind up thriving in. But mm. for the for the time being, it will make for a nervy few days, especially if they go to Coplitz on Wednesday night and um, can't get at least a point to uh, secure a final spot. Um, but yeah, overall, like. Good job to Kapalabar for playing it out uh, that way. Now, it was a 
Not the happiest coronation for the Lions men's team when they uh, return to Richland to take on a, as we've mentioned, very desperate Logan side. And, uh, well, Logan, they needed half an hour to finally break down the Lions defence. But then in quick succession, Neil Sands and Jacob Fullick uh, had the visitors 2-0 up. And again, why not give us some more drama on the night? Yeah, look, uh, again, Logan. No, what, what else can you say about them? You know what? They're, they're, they're desperate. They're, they're playing for the survival. And perhaps they're thriving on it. They're, they're thriving on it. You know, that's because uh, like I said they, they went and you know, knocked over the two-time you know, premiers from last season, you know, potential power on their tra- trap. And then they've gone on and knocked off the, the uh, newly crowned premiers on their, their home track. So, Look at the moment, they're, they're like I said, they're going to fight right to the end, and uh, they they have a monster matchup against uh, against uh, Brisbane City uh, next next Saturday night. Uh, basically, playing a win, we'll we'll see them safe, and uh, so so yeah, it is all play for at least like, again. If they've, they've taken us down to the final game of the season, it, it's in their hands, and that is all you can really ask of them as well, because yeah, but it's just. An unbelievably just crazy sort of way that this season has gone. And I suppose it should match what has been an absolutely wild, you know, just scheduling to try and get this season done anywhere close to on time. Because when the draw came out, you know, we were joking, okay, no more COVID uh, breaks, hopefully, no more shutdowns. And then first weekend of the season, floods. <laughs> and well, it's just been pretty crazy that um, that has happened. But Logan... You know, again, there's not much more we can say after the uh, midweek matches as well. But, yeah, keeping it interesting. Now, we will go to Goodwin Park and uh, touch on Sunshine Coast Wanderers. They are still playing for safety as well. Olympic were in the top, uh, locked it into a top four spot, but could have uh, possibly kept the race alive for a home semifinal as well in their final match. But, uh yeah, there were quite a few changes taking place for Olympic as well, Adam. Yeah, there were. Um, I think, yeah, you know, yellow card difficulties and whatnot. Because uh, like I said, I think with with, with a semi-final coming up, you did, I think I believe there were probably, I think, three players were on four, four uh, that were on um, yellow cards. So, look, it's, it's probably an unacceptable risk for uh, for Ben Khan to take. So he obviously had to make changes. But, um, yeah, look, Sunshine Coast just came out and absolutely ambushed them in from the first minute when Kyron Bryant uh, scored in, inside a minute. And in a blink of an eye, well, blink of an eye being 28 minutes, uh, Sunshine Coast were 3-0 up. And they probably didn't have the ammunition uh, that – Olympic years you have to be able to come from behind and at least salvage that. So look, uh, good on, good on Paul Arneson and Sunshine Coast Wanderers for going down, you know, and being fearless at Goodwin Park. But yeah, look, on the other hand, I even with the changes, I do worry that Olympic have basically fallen into the finals. And look, I, I get it that their finals is a different season almost, and they've got two weeks now to support that. But uh, Look, there, there needs to be some rapid improvement in the in the form for Olympic if they're going to actually do anything in this final series, which they, on paper, are capable of doing. But it's the last month thing to go for. I, I don't know. I don't know where where we go as far as Olympic goes, and you know where their form is. They they seem to be a bit uh, be very disjointed at the moment, and um, yeah, and not playing anywhere near what we expect them to be. Yeah, and consider at the start of the season they were arguably the form team of the competition. They 
belted power 6-1, and then the next week they went to Lions and could barely get a touch of the ball. Admittedly, that was uh, hurt by the red card for Shelford Dais, but it almost seems like they're kind of going for... It's, it's something I've seen a lot in American sports, like NFL, especially the NHL and NBA, where you've got the team that is more than good enough to uh, make the finals, they'll win enough games to get themselves in there, and then they just count on... Once the postseason starts, they flick a switch, everything clicks, and they just go. And it seems like that's basically what we're going to be uh, hoping for for Olympic uh, this season. I, de- I definitely think so. I think it's the only hope that uh, that the Olympic faithful have is that you know that this side remembers how to play the, the the type of football that we all know they can. Because on paper, it's still a very very good team. It's 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 in the top uh, two or three teams in the league, and obviously that what reflects their ladder spot. But their form in the last you know month or so has been very very worrying. So yeah, look, it might be a case of two weeks off. Yeah, they'll flick a switch. It probably is shaking down that they'll probably have to go to the gold line and you know and win and win there to, to make the grand final. But look, they've done it before. Yeah, they they've done it before. They're more than capable of doing it again. It just depends, you know, which Olympic side will show up on the day. We did uh, mention as well the yellow card difficulties for. Uh, Olympic. This is what I've got from uh, my stats. Matt Mundy was on seven yellow cards for the season. Uh, Dan Leck, Zach Kierpal and Mitch Nichols were all on four. Nichols was just on four from uh, his Olympic time. I can't be bothered looking up how many he had picked up at Gold Coast nights before his move, but either way, that is something that they are going to have to uh, consider as well. Now, the other game, uh, going into the weekend, we'll I'll keep this one pretty quick, just for everyone else's sake. <laughs> As, uh, yeah, Morton Bay uh, against Gold Coast Knights, Rio Ono with the brace. Knights, they were into the finals, playing to try and lock up a home semi-final, which they could have done with a win. But uh, a red card for Will Peck is also something that um, Scott McDonald was going to have to manage as well, because he picked one up for what seemed to be an off-the-ball incident with about 10 minutes to go. Yeah, I, I was actually uh, I was actually watching this, and I'd actually say that uh, Lyndon Farr did a very good job suckering in um, suckering in Will Peck on that. So uh, so yeah, that, again, a red card is probably problematic um, for for Scott McDowell going into. Well, actually, actually no, it should be actually it should be fine because I, I forgot Gold Coast you know, uh, Gold Coast Knights have a game next week against East, so that that's probably where he'll serve. So I'm assuming it's a one-game suspension. It didn't look. It didn't look like it was anything more than just you know, a straight red. But yeah, yeah I don't. I don't think it's in the violent conduct, uh, you know, sort of category. But uh, but yeah, so that's probably a little bit of a godsend. But uh, yeah, look, uh, Morton Bay as well. They're they're probably outside. They're probably the team at the moment that probably have got the most worries uh, because their season ended with a win, but. They may get relegated if East do something against Gold Coast Knights on 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 Saturday night and Logan beat City. So um, I, I know last week I, I almost it's now almost famously said that the worry meter was at a four with Morton Bay. Uh, look, I'm going to say it's about nine now because the way these crazy results happen are happening at the moment. I can just see the football gods, you know, punishing me and everyone at uh, at Walter Park for. Uh, for this and yeah, and be the most unluckiest, unforeseen, uh, unforeseen sort of a event. And also as well, the other joke I was making with Scott last night that we we could be very very close to an Albany Creek, an, an Albany Creek derby next season, or two of them, in fact. 
Well, I can guarantee that you guys will be out at Walt Park for both of those derbies anyway. But yes. um, if, if they are to eventuate, but um, this was actually the question that I asked uh, Scott earlier this afternoon. He responded via text. Um, out of the three clubs that are still eligible to be relegated, Logan, East and Morton Bay, who is the most worried? And it seems like the consensus amongst the three of us is Morton Bay because everything is now out of their hands. Yeah. Yeah, look, that, that's exactly. Look, I'm still, I'm still confident that it, that you now it might be Logan or East, um, not Morton Bay. But the one thing that does worry me more than anything, and probably worries everyone at Morton Bay, is the fact is that yeah, they don't get a say in the matter anymore. Their their season's done. Um, as far as on the pitch goes, they now are relying on results. Whereas East and Logan, uh, both both have you know just in their own hands. They, they they need they need a result that gets they get ninety minutes to try and shape a result. Whereas Morton Bay, they're going to be sitting at home watching uh, FQTV next week, hoping that you know either those results don't but well, actually both those results don't come to fruition. Yeah, and that that is you know the uh, the downside of having the uh, catch ups to go on as well. Uh, one team that won't be stressing relegation, however, is uh, Brisbane City. They had a fairly routine win over the Raw Academy this afternoon. You were out at Corporate Travel Management Stadium. Yeah, look, a, um, a clinical win for, for City in, in the end. Um, look, Kai Bolton, yeah, you know, yeah, open scoring a great goal. He He's just in, in tremendous form this whole season. Um, Yuta Hiriyama got a second-half double, and also, as well, Sam Sibituara had sort of got in on the score sheet. But, uh, yeah, look, we, we sort of, it's a, it's a very, very good result and a good good performance by City as well after after the result on Wednesday night where they, they threw everything they could at, at you know, at Oakley Cannons to go down in, in, um, in extra time. And you thought maybe that might have a bit of a negative effect. But, look, they, they shut the Roar out of game pretty quickly. And even as well, I've got to compliment, well, even at, at 4 nil up and the Roar was starting to sort of make inroads as far as attacking, they were determined as anything, the, the defence, to to make sure that they kept that clean sheet. And Jackson Simpkin especially had a great game, even when Daniel Bowles got an early mark. Um, whenever you bring Bowles, uh, Fraser Hills and uh, Kai Bolton off in the 70th minute, I think that was a when Matt Smith is saying job done, but even then, um, that that back line, Matt Jones uh, and Jackson Simpkin, and I think Arthur Antonis helped out as well in the back line. They they were determined to keep that clean sheet as well as Rice Sent, who I think is probably the most um, most improved goalkeeper in the league since taking over the starting role earlier. Yep. Uh, around about June, I want to say. Uh no, it was, it was after their seven nil defeat um, by Lions. So the yes, yeah, so June. Uh, was that in June? Oh, it's July. There, oh, I don't know. Oh, there or, yeah. There or thereabouts. Either way, yep. you're full of praise for Brisbane City. Let's hear what Matt Smith had to say to you after the game. Joined by Brisbane City head coach Matt Smith. Matt, firstly, congratulations on a big win today, this afternoon. Yeah, look, it's been a big week. You know, Capalaba last week, the trip down to Melbourne, um, but back home here Sunday. So, look, the, the resilience and commitment and recovery from the players is unreal. Um, I can't. I can't thank the group and their professionalism this week. They've they, they've really taken to to the challenge that they've they've enjoyed this week, um, and it's nice to finish off with a it looked quite a tiring performance. But um, but I also think that again today was all about getting the job done. Just say obviously um, with the heroics of the um, of midweek, unfortunately went down. Obviously, was there always going to be a rebound coming into this game? 
Oh, we take each game as it comes. I know it's a bit of a cliche, but like the, you know, to, to play three games a week isn't necessarily you know too much too much in the legs. I mean, obviously you don't really train. It's all about recovery. So, but when you add the flight in there as well, um, you know, again you could you could tell that you know our players are hitting 16, 17 k on a Wednesday night, tra- 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 traveling back. They're not going to be as sharp or as fresh. You know, and we had to pull the game to to um, three o'clock because because of our lights as well. So. You know, pitch is very dry, it's very hard, obviously it's in the season, so if it, if it had been a bit later where, it's, where there's a bit more skin on the surface, it might have been a bit easier, but but look, again, um, they're, they're a very resilient group, I'm proud of the group, you know, it's been a, it's been a very difficult year for the club, so um, objectives met, now we go to, um, yeah, now we go into the, into the last round. Obviously, speaking of that last round, you've now you've now safe from relegation. Does that change the mindset going into the uh, match against Logan next, next week? We, we want to win every game. We, we, we go into a game once into and everything for anyone that knows anything about me then they'll also appreciate that too and just uh, finally obviously uh, a couple of uh, star performances this year Kai Bolton especially has really sort of had a good season um, obviously what, what's in his sort of um, sort of improvement obviously throughout the season look Kai, Bolts is still very young <laughs> you know we've been, I've, I've been working with Bolts now for going on three years and you know the first year he, he played in the attacking midfield for us and he's gone out wide and scored lots of goals last year scoring lots of goals again this year um, he's still got a lot to learn great kid very very enthusiastic got a great attitude very very hungry but but again uh, someone said to me the other day we've we've got the smallest squad or used the least amount of players across the year and that I've got to put that down to our preparation I'm going to put down to uh, Milo and the rest of the coaching staff that we, 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 we take a lot of attention to detail and to ensure that our players are always available and when you look at our, our injury rate, we look at our suspension rate throughout the season. I think that that's contributed to well, consistency. Every consistency plays key. Anyway, uh, Matt, congratulations and uh, enjoy the win. Thank you. Cheers. And uh, thanks to Matt Smith for taking the time to chat with you. And I'm guessing he would have been pretty happy overall. Yeah. Yeah, he, he was, um, but I think very, very proud of his side, uh, but also knows that they've got one more game to go. And uh, for those hoping that, you know, they're, they're, now, they're now safe, that's the yeah. one, one team that probably did earn safety safety uh, this, this weekend. But I still think, and he, he sees that very, very clearly uh, to me, that, you know what, they're, go, they're going to Cornelia Park to win. They're not, gonna, they're not there to, to do favours for Logan. And I say that, you know, objectively and also as well as a Morton, Morton Bay supporter. Now go City. I really got to work out what sort of supporter I have to call myself. Although as a commentator, I suppose it's basically just give me a good game. Oh, like I said, you know, just an object, objective neutral fan. Exactly. All right, quick run through of the ladder. Lions, 51 points. Their season is done. Knights have a game in hand, 39 points. Olympic, they're finishing on 38. Pen Power, 36 with a game in hand. Gold Coast United, 2 to play, 31. City safe on 30 points. Sunshine Coast Wanderers. Now, mathematically, officially, they're not safe, but they're on 29 points. They would need to lose. Um, yeah. They'd probably anyway, need to lose about eight. Or, they'd probably need to lose about eight or nine nil. Correction. They're, uh, they're safe, regardless, because Morton Bay can't overtake them. Because Morton Bay are on are one point behind. And uh, they've finished their season. So, hey, how's that for some quick now? Oh, well, yeah. Now, congratulations, Sunshine Coast. You are safe. I think you probably renew that after winning on a Saturday night, but we just confirmed it. But are they, are they actually safe until we actually work out they are? 
because uh, well, actually, technically, <laughs> until Football Queensland declare it, then they're not safe. Yeah, that's very <laughs> good. <laughs> so they might wait. They might wait the next Thursday when the uh, ladders come out. Yes, it's uh, probably the hard luck story of the weekend. They battled hard, uh, fought, and still wound up going from six to ninth, uh, thanks to a defeat and other results. They're on 28 points with that uh, game in hand. They will be hoping that the Gold Coast United Pen Power match goes the way of uh, Pen Power, ideally uh, with a draw, because then it means that uh, United, uh, that Knights won't have anything to play for in that match, and Scott McDonald might. Uh, Opt for a slightly lighter squad for that final fixture. Uh, Logan, 26 points, Royal Academy, 16, and Capalabar officially relegated with five points. Let's move on to the NPL women's just, competition. Just, so just one more thing, oh, yeah. and I'll pass this on from Scott, that he said one thing to say is that the fact that a club, and this is actually shared by a lot of people, the fact that a club can be relegated with 26 points seems utterly ridiculous. I know... The reasons why, let's not get into it because I've been banned from it. But he actually <laughs> said to pass on that comment that it is utterly ridiculous that, you know, that a team could potentially get relegated on 26 points. And it really don't, they really don't deserve it. They, they really don't. And uh, look, uh, look, circumstances on that, I fully agree. And I know there's a lot of our, our followers that also agree on that. Like, I'm not going to say the reasons why, but leave yeah. it that. No, I, I completely agree with that as well, Like. It, it it sucks, but but on, but on, but on the other hand, just just thinking out loud, um, if the rules weren't the way they were, we the, all this craziness probably wouldn't be very relevant. So, look, yeah, uh, <laughs> but yeah we'd be talking about, need, I guess <laughs> we'd be talking about the battle for sixth or seventh place, and I've still got I've still got my theories on why the ladder has shaken out the way it has, especially mm. down at the uh, bottom end. But uh, let's not get bogged down in that yep. because. We've got NPL Women's to talk about, and uh, well, listen, another busy weekend there. Lions, well, they're just really, really good. They had a uh, happy coronation with a comfortable win over Gold Coast United as well. Um, had uh, Josh Masamisi on the uh, call for that one. I think that was his second solo effort. And, uh, well, Dee Thompson made them nervous for about 10 minutes before Ishinori, uh, an own goal, Tegan Thompson and Tegan Riding uh, put or pass for Lions to raise a trophy in a very, very good mood. Beg your pardon, just the indigestion kicking up again. <laughs> yeah, but uh, Lions, look, you know, what more can we say? It's just uh, They've just brushed aside the um, the second-best team in the league um, with relative ease, and um, look, they're going to be incredibly hard to stop um, in league. In league and uh, like I said, I think, yeah, they, they get, I think they're going to win everything they put their, their hands in. I think that's... Um, that uh, streak is going to go on for a while yet. Yeah, and like, I, I I know I'd love to sell it as a competition, but you look at the disparity between lines and the rest of the competition over the last few years. I did get asked uh, by someone last night, which side has the best chance to, you know, push lines in a one-off, nothing-to-lose finals game? And my joke answer was, all right, well, let's see if you can combine, you know, the best of Gold Coast United the best of East, the best of Kapalabar, and, you know, maybe throw in a couple of other players from the rest of the competition as well. I think they might, um, you know, manage to keep it close. But uh, as a legitimate answer for that, I do think Gold Coast United on their day will be able to do it. And let's not forget they were missing the player who I think 
maybe the best uh, player on that squad, Ellie Fryer, yeah. who was uh, away this weekend. So maybe something that uh, Sarah Evans can hold on to going forward. We'll just have to wait and see. I still think that, uh, like, if, if I can sort of, you know, put my two cents on that on that question. Okay, look, uh, look. I, I think on the premise that you know Lions aren't at their best in a one-off game. Look, I still think Palabar, even though they had a couple of shock losses, like they've they've lost uh, home and away to QAS the season, who they are second from bottom. But um, but yeah, other than that, I think with the talent they've got on that team, they certainly do have the weapons to to be able to trouble them. But can they put together? On paper, I think that they probably have the best chance, but you're right. As far as consistency across the board, I still think Gold Coast are the biggest threat. But again, I unfortunately, I think it comes down to they need to find a way to disrupt lines and be and uh, and, for, and basically whatever, you know, you know, Adam Pangeli and Georgina Amos and the team, the coaching staff over at QA, the QAS, what they were able to do last Friday night, somehow one of the other teams have got a bit more firepower yeah, a bit more experience. They need to figure out that the way to do that because I think that may that may might be on something. Yeah, well, I just going down this rabbit hole because uh, we may as well. I still think the way to get after lines is match them in a shootout. The games that they've dropped points, I'm pretty sure they've been when they've conceded a few a uh, few more goals. I think back to that three three draw at Mitchelton uh, last season in the first part of the yeah. campaign. I think you almost need to say, look, we know we're going to concede four. We're going to concede five. The best thing for us to do is try and score four, five, six goals as well. And again, I think back to that semi-final uh, they played against Easts last year. Uh, there were plenty of chances for the visitors in that game. And while Lions ran away with it, it was a very even contest uh, for large portions of it as well. So, you know, again... <laughs> There's a reason why I'm here talking to you and not planning out coaching uh, tactics for an NPL <laughs> women's team. And that is probably why. Anyway. Easier said than done. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, let's talk about Palabar, actually, because they had a fairly big game themselves uh, on the weekend. They played East out at uh, Max Haynes Field, and it was a 2-1 win for uh, Palabar. With goals from Talitha Kramer and Leah Miles. Lauren Askin did get one back for the visitors, but uh, yeah, Kapalabar, they just keep marching on. Yeah, which uh, makes makes that midweek loss even more inexplicable to QIS. And that's that's no that's no dig at uh, QIS, but uh, yeah, Kapalabar, they just need to figure out the consistency. They've they've got they've got the side to do it. They just um yeah, some some teams they just can't match. I think look, QIS is a very skillful team. I think it's maybe the way to, you know, to, you know, that might be Capalaba's uh, uh, kryptonite. But uh, but certainly, um, yeah, they, they, it was a win that they needed. Um, and like I said, I, they are obviously, I think they're, they're pretty much finals bound. Yeah, I think, I think they are too. Um, quickly uh, touch on as well, we'll go back time to Friday night where Morton Bay United uh well, they welcome back the Friars and uh, wound up playing Souths where I'm just scrolling through the results here. It is a very tiny font on my phone. <laughs> you, want me, I, I, you want me to tell you? Uh, no, you got uh, I got it. 3-1. And it was Sean Fryer with the goal, who was also signed for the Raw. So yep. uh, congratulations to her for that. Bella Habuda with a brace for Souths and Paloma Oliveira on the score sheet as well. And yeah, Adam, I, well, you're the mayor of Morton Bay. Tell us about the game up there. And we also covered the game uh, for 
Brisbane Football Review on Friday night as, in coverage. Right. So, it's so so long ago. <laughs> but given the event of the weekend, it it, it was it being the only game. But uh, yeah, look, South, uh, they they um they pretty much I think they they play to what they're expected to. They keep they keep their finals hopes of alive with that win. And um, and look, I think with Morton Bay, it's been a wretched season for injuries and whatnot. They they are getting troops back, but uh, yeah, uh, it's gonna be tough for them uh, to to catch Olympic uh, at this late. They they probably need the win to pile the pressure on Olympic as far as um, as far as sort of that relegation spot, especially and also as all Sunshine Coast uh, wing today, which. Spoiler alert, if you're away for the result. Uh, it, it does, yeah, put them in a very, very perilous spot in terms of relegation. Yes, that it does. And uh, we will move on now and quickly touch on Sunshine Coast Wanderers 2-1 win over QAS. And the reason we will quickly uh, touch on that result as well, because we'll uh, now move on to the ladder. And uh, yeah, it's still very much anyone's guess for who is going to make the finals. Uh, we've got Capalaba in second place with two games remaining. They are a point ahead of Gold Coast United, who have three games remaining. East currently in fourth place with two games remaining, uh, 21 points. Souths, one game remaining, 20 points. And uh, Sunshine Coast Wanderers, 14 games played, 18 points. They're the sides that can still technically make it, but... Looking at the makeup of the uh, ladder at the moment, I think the top four teams now, which, if I'm not mistaken, are actually the top four teams from a year ago, currently in the order that they finish yep. in 2021. Um, the top four is probably going to stay the same. I can still see uh, possibly the order changing because I'm not 100% sure who Gold Coast United's uh, game in hand is against. If you'll Hang on. We... look that one up for me. But yep. uh, I, do, I do think the Gold Coast United probably going to um, get that game in hand to leapfrog Palabar, and that could be huge for them. Yeah, uh, yeah just, just confirming, uh, Gold Coast United on the way home have Sunshine Coast uh, Wanderers at home. Morton Bay is the catch-up game at home in the weekend of the 2nd to 4th of September, and then they close the season away at QIS. So they have the bottom three, well, three of the bottom four teams uh, on the road home. So you'd think that uh, the, Gold, the Gold Coast probably have, have an easier time, whereas, oops, I just I had it. Um, and I, <laughs> I was just going to say, you see Capalabar's run home. I do know they have lines in their run home. They do have them next week at Max Haynes, and then they close their season uh, to away to uh, Sunshine Coast. And that's not a easy road trip. No. And I think just like uh, it seems is the case in the men's, I don't think you can really chalk up a win in any of those games as well, because even QAS, you know, they've pushed Lions twice this season. They're not afraid to go on the attack, as um, you've heard Adam Pengelly mentioned before. He is not afraid to just say to his team, right, just play. That's And that makes them dangerous, regardless of uh, who they're up against. And Morton Bay as well, getting the Friars back, um, yeah. pretty solid um, effort as well. Yeah, like I said, yeah, the Friars back. They've got uh, Georgia Beaumont there. Uh, Jess Dillon is, is back as well, you know, guarding that guarding that midfield. And and also as well, uh, like I said, they um, 
they they sort of you know that they've got the players do it. It's just yeah, it's it's just been one of those seasons where you know they 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 they're capable, but it's it's been a wretched season to, for continuity and all that. And uh, yeah, it's it, it is a tough task. But like I said, if there's any, they, they are certainly capable of surprise. Um, and like I said, there's there's not a completely bad team in that league. They're all capable one way or another to be able to you know to to get a win if the other team does not show up or they're complacent. Yeah, without a doubt. And uh, Morton Bay also have three games in hand as well. Now. Uh, let's move on, and uh, we'll go on to the women's second division, the FQPL1. And I think all we can really say about this division is uh, congratulations, Penn Power. Remarkable season. Premiers, um, that's been secured now, and they are still undefeated. And uh, that premiership was secured with a 3-1 win at uh, Taralba Park, where goals from Emily Phillips, Isabella Wood, and Kiara... How do I say that? Uh, Rochvalski. Thank you. I, I, yeah, haven't commentated a Pen Power women's game yet, so I haven't actually done the pronunciation guide on their team. But um, Adam, I'm just going to leave it to you. You were there. Tell us about uh, how good of a night it was for Pen Power at the FQPL One Premiers. Yeah, look, the, the first half an hour or so, actually, it wasn't a very good night so uh, so far because Mitchelton came out very, very strong. They really attacked and put, you know, potential power under all sorts of pressure. When Kelly Purfroy scored after 31 minutes, it was probably what Mitchelton deserved. But um, but from from there, the potential power were able to work their way back into the game. Uh, a great goal by Emily Phillips from range, which uh, which equalised. And then uh, the the second goal going in from uh, Izzy Wood, who who is a makeshift number nine, uh, with uh, Vicky Lyons injured at the moment. She she was able to to get get them two one in front, and then from there, uh, power in the second half were in control. Kara Rochvalski scored scored the uh, I guess I guess the the buffer goal. To call. And yeah, and then it was party time for them. You know, 19 matches undefeated. And uh, look, a very, very good effort. And congratulations to Alex Smith, uh, Mick Gallo, and the entire coaching staff and the players for what has been a remarkable turnaround for that program. And uh, yes, it is FQPL is FQPL 1. But like I said, the one game they've lost the season was against the best in Lions. So they're, they're going well. And they, they're... Uh, have something more to prepare for going up to MPL Women's next season. Yeah, and you consider, what was it, a, oh, just over 12 months ago, they were uh, in the 2021 season when they joined the uh, NPL before the competition split. Like, they were advertising for players for their women's team, I think even into May or something as well. So they brought in uh, Alex Smith, who's completely revitalised that uh, program as well. And he deserves plenty of plaudits uh, for building what is a very, very formidable squad. And this is what he had to say to you, Adam, after the game. I'm joined by the uh, head coach of the potential power women's team, Alex Smith. Alex, first of all, promotion last week, premiership tonight. Congratulations. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. It's been uh, been a lot of hard work over the last sort of 15, 16 months. And uh, it's, it's just amazing to see it all come to fruition and, uh, you know, on our way back up to the NPL. Firstly, just on the game itself, Mitchelton, obviously the second-ranked team in this, in this uh, competition, really came out just in the first half. They eventually got the go-ahead goal. At that point, did you think, you know, the goals would come back or, you know, it was just one of those things where, you know, they just have to weather the storm and, and find a way through? Yeah, I mean, we've, we've been a team all year that, that kind of 
thrives on a little bit of a challenge. Um, and at times there, there wasn't too much of a challenge, and that was, you know, that, that, that made us probably not play up to our potential in, in, in some of the games. So, you know, all year, as soon as the challenge was thrown down, the girls have, have risen to it, and they've been, they've been absolutely fantastic. And, you know, tonight was no exception. I mean, that, you know, to play on that pitch um, away from home in those conditions, you know, against a team, you know, a quality team in Mitchelton who were very physical and, um, you know, they've got quality on the park as well. Um, it's, just, it's just really pleasing to see. Obviously, uh, two goals late in the half. That pretty much set up the win. Yeah, yeah. Two, um, you know, in the first half. And, and to go in, in the sheds, at, at, you know, two one up is, is so much different than, you know, one one or, or, you know, even one nil down. So, um, you know, in the end, we could have put in, a, you know, another another one or two. Um, somehow the goal, the, the ball seemed to stay out of the goal. But, um, yeah, to have a comfortable win like that, you know, to, to wrap the premiership up against the second place side is, is you know, is something I you know, thrive on as a coach. <laughs> Obviously, yeah, talking about the program itself in the last you know eighteen months, or so the turnaround for for this club has been extraordinary, don't you think? And obviously, you coming in, changing the thing. Obviously, you got to be proud of the girls. Not only just in, in this season, but the long term. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. You know, we I, I came in sort of 15, 16 months ago, and they gave me you know, kind of full power just to, to run it the way I wanted to. Um, and that's that's not just the first team. You know, we we got to, we got to, you know, give a shout out to the 23s. We didn't have a 23s last year. Um, they're sitting in second place, um, you know, from essentially nothing. Um, our 14s beat, you know, Gold Coast United this morning 3-0, um, which, you know, last year they didn't win a game. So, you know, we, we've tried to put things in place that, that make the club and the program sustainable over the next, you know, 10 years. Um, you know, we want to have girls coming from SAP all the way up to the first team and, and you know, hopefully beyond. So that's that's the that's the vision. That's um that's you know, essentially what we've tried to put in place um, over the last over the last year and um you know we, we, we kinda got you know we got to, to where we wanted to get it maybe a little sooner than I expected. So um you know can only be ecstatic with, with the way the season's gone. And obviously um, the players that were that were with the program last year as well, this has obviously got to be a satisfying moment for them as well, for all they've been through. Oh, I just, you know, I keep I keep making sure I, you know, check in with them and just, you know, make sure that they, they you know, they're just taking it all in because, you know, last year we were losing, you know, before I was there and even when I got there, we are still losing by, you know, six, seven, ten, you know, at times and, and um, you know, didn't even, you know, won one game towards the end of the season. So, you know, to retain half, you know, essentially half of those players um, and, and still, you know, do what we did. And, and you know, the, the budget wasn't, you know, uh, ridiculously large or we didn't go and get, you know, W League players or anything like that. So, you know, I tried to target the some of the best young talent in, in Queensland and, and we managed to do that. And, you know, I'm just, I'm absolutely wrapped with, with the way it's gone. Final question. Obviously now sites turned to, to finals football. Obviously you got a couple of weeks now that the premiership secured. Will it be a case of just ticking over the um, the boxes, or will it be a case of giving the young twenty threes maybe some some chance at senior football? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, this year we've only we, we've already debuted I think four under twenty threes. You know, a couple of fifteen year olds, and and you know, um, so they'll get substantially more game time. Um, it'll give a chance, give us a chance to you know rest a couple of girls, and because um, you know they, they've been phenomenal all year. They've you know the, some of the girls have played you know that's nineteen games in a row. Um, some of them played every minute of every game, so. It'll give us a chance to, to rotate the squad a little bit and, um, you know, uh, give those 23s maybe a chance to start a game and, and you know, play, play, you know, 60, 70 minutes and, and see what senior football is all about. So, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to next weekend against City at home and, and um, grabbing that trophy uh, after the game. 
And thanks and congratulations to Mr. Smith as uh, he will prepare his side for the finals and then an assault on the NPL in 2023. But just, but just on your point before uh, before I went to the interview about uh, the, the uh, potential powers woes as far as even attracting players, uh, that also also as well that um, the their under-23 team, which they didn't even have a team last year, basically it was a composite a composite team where basically the lot of the uh, senior players that were young enough were backing up pretty much. So it's, it's almost a pretty much separate team uh, now. And, they, they, and they're running second behind a very, very talented Mitchelton, um, Mitchelton side in, in, that, in that league. And I, I think that that grand final in a couple of times, I think that's actually going to be a very, very entertaining game. But both sides, very skillful, you know, and uh, I think there might be a receipt coming for uh, Mitchelton uh, in, in that game. But, uh, yeah, like I said, a lot, of, a lot of good players. A young team, which means that, they, that you know, obviously the program itself is really sort of going on. And it is night and day what Alex Smith has done up their peninsula power for their women's program. And I think also, as I as you said in that interview, um, it's not about just this year or next year. It's about the next decade. And I think he's a long way, he's well on his way to being able to, um, to you know, get there. Cool. All right. Uh, we'll wrap up the rest of the FQPL1 uh, results now. 1-1 draw between Logan and Western Pride at Cornelia Park. Virginia United 2-0 over the gap at Walton Bridge Reserve. And a big 1-0 win for Brisbane City over Southwest Queensland Thunder this afternoon at Spencer Park as well. Kaya Stevenson, the scorer there. And uh, the race for the finals is uh, still going on in the FQPL1 women's as well. And uh, Brisbane City just took that one step closer to securing their spot. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, like I said, that, that was a big win for Brisbane City. They um, they need they need that win. More so anything with Virginia, absolutely steaming home um, and putting pressure on there. They've gotten that uh, lead back out of three points. But um, on, on the face of it, Brisbane City have got to go to AJ Kelly Park next week, whereas Virginia, I do believe, have uh, – bear with me one second. Virginia uh, go go to Western Pride and actually own a win over them. So so that, that's going to be a big uh, – a big game next week you know, at at Briggs Road, and also as well, uh, Western Pride are without without one of their talismans with uh, Abby Lloyd getting herself getting herself sent off, um, and what was really a brain explosion against Logan in the last ten minutes. And um, yeah, I I have heard on the grapevine that 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 trip has been deemed a violent conduct charge, so she may be gone for three games um, for that. Uh, I, I would have to wait until. Uh, Football Queensland confirm it, but uh, yeah, that, that's that's what I've heard along the grapevine. That yeah, that her trip on um, Aline Trideabreu from Logan Lightning will get her a three-game suspension, which really puts them in Western Pride in a deep bind because that puts a lot of pressure on Meg McGilligan or someone else to really step up and get pride. And like I said, Virginia are in great form at the moment. Yeah, that they are. All right, um, we're going to move on now. FQPL one men's and uh, quick. Run through other results. Redlands United 2-0 over Sunshine Coast Fire. Magpies Crusaders 6-1 over Ipswich Knights up in Mackay. Mitchie uh, 4-1 uh, going down uh, to Southside Eagles. So that's Southside Eagles winning 4-1. I got caught in my own sentence structure there. Western Pride with the Bulch played out a 3-3 draw at Briggs Road. And then this afternoon's feature game with Adam Cattle on the call. Uh, Brisbane Strikers 2-1 over Southwest Queensland Thunder. A huge win for Strikers in the context of their... Uh, finals 
uh, pursuit, but do also have to uh, really just go with the main focus for FQPL1. And that's congratulations, Redlands, for securing the Premiership. Yep, congratulations uh, to Redlands, Graham Harvey. You know, probably one of his, well, at least one gift before he uh, goes. I'm, I'm not sure whether he he'll stay on, but I know definitely he's been the he's now the Brisbane Roar assistant uh, coach. But at least one gift that he will leave his club, Redlands, is that they are obviously up to MPL and also a bit of silverware in the FQPL one FQPL one. Uh, premiership. So congratulations to everyone at Redlands. A great bounce back after what was probably a very difficult uh, season last season. They nearly pulled out of the bag and sort of went down the ninth, third minute on the final day of the season. But uh, yeah, uh, 11 months later, they're back in the big time where as, as former champions, they probably belong in NPL. Yeah. And you could see right from the outset, this was a side that had one goal in mind and that was to, you know, get themselves back up to the NPL competition. And it might not have started in great circumstances. I'm pretty sure Rochdale beat them out at uh, the Cleveland Showgrounds on the opening day. But you still saw that there was plenty for Graham Harvey to work with in that squad. He was able to work with it. And they've got their uh, reward now of promotion to the National Premier League's competition. So looking forward to seeing how they go next year as well. Just a shame we won't have that Bayside derby with Palabar because those were always a lot of fun. Yeah, they're um they're waving they're waving each other as they go go across paths, you know, of subject to obviously uh uh football Queensland uh declaring the uh, competition structures for next year. But uh yeah, that's at least on the pitch and what no, that's how it's uh, gonna be. No no Bayside derby, but uh yeah, look uh Redlands they they're they're a good team. They're a good solid team. If they add a few more players, they you know, obviously at that at that class, I think they, they're going to be, you know, I think they'll learn from the sort of, you know, great escapes of the past. I think that they'll obviously for season one back up there, they'll obviously try and aim for that mid table, but look, who knows? They, it's, they, they may even aim higher. Definitely. All right. Uh, final competition for us to touch on tonight as the fill in host just is uh, keeping an eye on the clock as well. Uh, FUPL two, Turinga Rovers one, uh, one with ACE. Uh, at Jaxbeer Park. Uh, Winham, 3-2 winners away to North Star FC. Uh, 3-0 Grange over Coomera at Lanham Park. 1-0 Magic United over Surface Paradise. I think uh, Surface Paradise may still have been partying from uh, the week before. A <laughs> um, just insane 5-4 game out at Whites Hill Reserve. Holland Park <laughs> over Sanford Rangers. And South, 5-0 over Virginia United. Adam? Quick uh, run through of what stood out for you from that. Yeah, uh, look, uh, there's actually a couple of things. First of all, uh, Surface Paradise's perfect season goes up in smoke at their closest rivals at uh, Birmingham Road. Uh, and pretty much not that they need it, but uh, Magic United are obviously safe in FQPL2 next season with Coomer losing midweek to Albany Creek, which put them out of the... Um, put them in uh, relegation. Um, and the, the other standouts, Wynnum Wolves, a massive win over North Star, puts them into, puts them in the second place and the automatic promotion spot, subject to Albany Creek and uh, Magic United uh, clashing um, next weekend, I do believe. Um, in, in a catch-up game, that will pretty much decide uh, that automatic, that automatic plus spot or at least... Uh, 
or at least uh, who gets in third and plays the playoff spot, who at the moment is Mitchelton are in that, uh, is in that playoff spot, but they've got a game in hand as well. Um, so, and Sanford, uh, they, they've secured top four spot, but um, yeah, like I said, that's a bit of a costly loss to uh, Holland Park, who uh, will finish season in fifth. There you go. All right, now let's wrap it up with the regular uh, awards ceremony, and we'll go with the Performer of the Week. Now, it seems I am just a substitute host. Adam, I'll let you go first. I always go first anyway, so you're not, nothing well, I'm new. I'm trying to be back on the next year, all right? <laughs> uh, look, my Performer of the Week uh, goes to Michael Lyle of um, Magpies Crusaders. Uh, Hattrick in his final home game. What a talisman he has been for that club. Uh, uh, 52 goals um, across across MPL, FGPL, and Australia Cup competitions. Um, and, yeah, to sign off at Solgenkin Oval with a hat-trick, uh, yeah, it was not, not much more you can ask from what, who it is, I would say, you know, a, a legend of that club. Um, and, look, I also have an honourable mention, and I normally give them a lot of stick, but I'm actually going to give an honourable mention to the uh, Football Queensland competitions uh, team, for yeah, the concept of the simultaneous kickoffs because this weekend has just been so much fun. Yeah, uh, I, well, I will second uh, both of those as well. Michael Lyle, one of the best strikers we've seen going around as well. Um, congratulations on a fantastic career to him and to the FQ Comps team as well. They and the sim- they uh, sorry, the I was going to say as well. They've yeah. they've had a really tough season as well. You know, they getting have. getting getting these fixtures done and to only to only miss it by a week after losing two whole weeks from the floods and, you know, the rain as well, the three weeks it was actually, uh, as James is saying to me, but, uh, and, and to only sort of, you know, to miss by a week and have, a, and I think four or five games, you know, at least in MPL that needs to be caught up. Uh, look, that's a fantastic job. And um, look, you know, like I said, I do give them a lot of stick at times, but uh, I, I also, you know, give them credit for what has been a very, very good job uh, done by them. Yeah, and let's not forget that these games are taking place on what was a built-in catch-up weekend as well. Mm. So technically, you can still say that the yep. season is finishing on time for the first time since 2019. Yep. And uh, yeah, well done to them for that on the simultaneous kickoffs. I do remember round 26 last year was going to be simultaneous kickoffs, but that actually wound up being most teams' 19th or 20th game from memory <laughs> because of uh, the uh, multiple lockdowns we had during the season. Now, my performer of the week. And I'm not going to go for the cop out thing like Scott normally does and go <laughs> for a whole team. Yeah, yeah, it's not a whole organisation, is it? But no, I'm just going to say everybody. I just want everyone to have a good time. And, <laughs> <laughs> no, well, I'm, I'm going to I'm going to single out someone from the uh, game I did last night as well, and that's actually going to be Blake Thompson. I think he has been a real leader for Grey Pitt's side. Um, you know, leading from the back, uh, taking on a lot of responsibility as well. Had had some questions about him when he had his previous NPL stint as well, but he has been nothing short of superb every time I've seen Gold Coast United play uh, this week, uh, this season. And against East, it was no different. And that was a game where they needed someone like him to really come to the fore. And he did just that. Oh, defenders don't normally get uh, much of a run on uh, Performer of the well, Week. Sorry. No, no, no. I was, I was going to say compliments, uh, compliments on uh, giving it to uh, Blake Thompson. Look, I, look, I actually 
absolutely 100% agree. You know, he he is a very key part of that that Gold Coast United side, full of experience, and you know, he does marshal from from the back uh, like few do. So, look, congratulations on for him being named our performer of the week. Yeah, and I will say one last thing as well. It just seems like every time there was a dangerous ball coming into the box, more often than not, he was the one getting on the end of it to clear it away as well. So, yeah, very impressive effort uh, from Mr. Thompson there. And we'll have to see how things go coming up this week. Stay tuned to FQTV. We've got a whole lot of fantastic action uh, coming up as well. I'm sure I might even be on one of those games in the next seven days. Which ones? Well, I'll probably find out in the next few days. But uh, (laughs) that's going to be it for NPL Sunday, powered by the Brisbane Football Review. I did okay as a substitute host, Adam. Yeah, you did, did fine. Yeah, I mean, it went a little yeah. long for my yeah. liking, but uh, it's always fun getting to chat, especially when you don't have yep. Scott getting in the way. Yep, uh, no, no problem. Yeah, yeah, thanks, James, and I'll do my usual sign-off. Uh, thank you and good night. See you later.